Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the Worth It podcast. Our leadership gurus, Ryan Dyer and Andy Dorsey, will talk about their tips for maximizing leadership potential, faith, and family, all while raising awareness and funds for children with hearing impairments. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Worth It podcast. Just want to remind you, if you have it on your heart to donate, go to tinyurl.com excuse me, tinyurl slash worthitpodcast.com. That's tinyurl slash worthitpodcast.com to donate and help kids at the university, through the University of Virginia uh, with, who are, have hearing impairments and who need a little extra help this holiday season. I'm going to turn it to my good friend, Andy Dorsey. Thanks, Ryan. I am extremely excited uh, for this podcast. I've been talking to this gentleman for a while now about this and had the uh, blessing to know him for the large majority of my life. And uh, it's amazing how God brings people together. And um, so this one's gonna connect to us on a personal level with, with Ryan's son, um, Bryce. And um, so without further ado, I'm gonna do a brief introduction um, to Shay and then let him tell a little bit more about his story. Um, and then we have some amazing questions to ask him along the way. So just to start out, um, this, this is Shay Eskew, and Shay uh, went to McEachern High School, grew up in Powder Springs locally, uh, same as me, and uh, I've known him pretty much all my life, but we kind of reconnected about three years ago. Shay was uh, inducted into the McEachern Athletic Hall of Fame. Uh, I was the athletic director at the time uh, at McEachern, and, and um, so uh, he came in, and, and that was a blessing to be able to introduce him, and the neat thing about Shay is you know, he, he was a wrestler for McEachern, um, but it was more that uh, what impressed us with Shay was uh, what he has accomplished after he, high school. So he, he's had a lot of obstacles. Um, and when Shay was eight years old, um, he, he was uh, set afire by his neighbor's uh, child and, uh, and it had burns over 65% uh, of his body. And he's just a true testament. He, he, he's a multi Ironman uh, participant has, has ran an Ironman on every continent just got back from Israel and uh, just can't wait to dive into that and ask him some questions about that obviously speaking to the Holy Land but also speaking I um, mean he got to swim in the Sea of Galilee and I mean who gets to do that and uh, just a inspiration to a bunch of people so Shay uh, welcome to the show and you know and just to start out um, just tell us a little bit more about yourself in detail and some of the obstacles that you had to overcome throughout your life. Um, and, you know, and just about how life's greatest strategies are often our greatest blessings. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> first, Andy and Ryan, it's an honor to be here with you guys to speak to your audience. Hopefully they feel led to, you know, support your mission so that we can impact other kids and give them some opportunities they've never had. But Andy, like you said, you know, I was set afire by a neighbor's kid accidentally. Uh, fortunately, I stopped, dropped, and rolled and put my fire out. Um, was able to extinguish my friend's fires. Unfortunately, the bad part about all that, in addition to getting burned, we didn't have insurance. You know, they had canceled insurance on us at my father's employment. We were straddled with a $2 million hospital bill. Fortunately for us, the Shriners Hospital in Cincinnati heard about us. They relocated my mother and I from Atlanta to Cincinnati. That's where I'd spend the first three months after surgery. A lot of complications. My right ear had to be amputated due to gangrene. 
my right arm was permanently melted to my body. It would take over three years before I could lift my arm over my head. I had to learn how to write left-handed to finish the third grade. And then to make you know, it all worse, the doctors told me I'd never be competitive in sports again. Now, I don't know about you guys, but the moment somebody tells me I can't do something, you just turned it on for me, right? I'll spend every waking breath trying to prove you wrong. And I think that's the best thing I could ever heard at eight was hearing that I'd never play sports again. And so I made a commitment to God that if you could ever get me out of this hospital, I will use every minute of every single day to glorify you as well as to use every ability that I have. Uh, as you talked about competing in wrestling, I was a three-time boxing champion in college, inducting the Hall of Fame there. And then got introduced to a little sport called Ironman. You know, some of you folks may know that. It's a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and then a 26.2-mile marathon with 3,000 of your closest friends. I've been fortunate enough to be ranked top 1% in the world the last five years. But more importantly, I've been married 19 years, got an amazing wife, and then equally amazing, I've got five truly outstanding kids uh, between the ages of seven and 15. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, you know, truly been blessed. And I tell everybody, you know, honestly, one of the greatest blessings was getting burned today. You know, I learned that harsh reality at eight that life's not fair. If anybody ever told you life's fair, they lied to you. They did you a major disservice. I learned that early. I learned that life's there for the taking. It's not easy, but for those who are truly willing to sac sacrifice, work hard, and have the perseverance to see things out, even when there's no assurance things will get better, life is amazing. I mean, it truly exceeds everything that I could have ever hoped for. Well, you're the ultimate example of, you know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And, you know, the average person probably is not, has faced, uh, I know that my life is, you know, I haven't had to go through um, what you have to go through, but, you know, there's people out there listening and all of us have obstacles, you know, whether it's physical, whether it's a spiritual obstacle, emotional, financial, you know, we're, we're all going through some type of obstacle that, you know, maybe yours at the beginning was a physical obstacle, physical ailments. Um, but how does one not let their circumstances define their future? How, how do you, how do you go from that eight year old kid uh, Coach Dyer's son Bryce is is not eight years old, and you know. And what advice do you give to you know not let your current circumstances define your future? Yeah, I mean, Andy, you hit it. Number one, it's we're all struggling, right? Uh, mine was physical; people could see it, but what they couldn't see was the emotional side, right? As a kid, we all want to fit in, and I can tell you, with scars over sixty-five percent of your body, you don't fit in; you stick out. People bullied me, they made fun of me, they called me Freddy Krueger. And honestly, when I looked in the mirror at night, that's what I saw. I saw Freddy Krueger looking back at me. And I still remember distinctly lying in bed, crying at night, begging and praying for God to take away, asking my parents to fix it. But you know, that reality starts setting in. Look, this is your new reality. Embrace it, make the most of it. You know, don't let other people steal your joy. So one of the things that became very clear for me was the power of laughter. And so I started learning to have fun with it. So when those kids 
would say, hey, Freddy Krueger, to me when I was at school, I'd say, yes, I'll see you in your dreams tonight. And that put an end to that real quick. You know, when people would say, hey, where's your ear? Because, you know, I didn't have an ear up until I was 37 years old. So my entire life never had a right ear. And people love to state the obvious. They come, hey, where's your ear? I said, what are you talking about? They said, your ear, where's your right ear? And I'd reach up. I was like, oh, my gosh, where is it? I had it just a little while ago. Can you help me? And so literally, I've had people diving in the bottom of swimming pools, looking on drains for it, looking through locker rooms. And you just learn, look, if I'm okay with my imperfections, then you should be too, right? And that's what it is. You're projecting that strength. But likewise, if you're insecure about who you are, you project that and people latch onto it. Um, but, you know, for me, I think one of the blessings was when I was in that hospital at the Shriners, you looked around the room, you saw so many kids worse off than you. And you start thinking like, why am I complaining? I think that's true with all of us in life, right? Like, it's natural to say, oh, poor me. But if you'll take just five minutes and survey all those people around you, you're going to say, man, look at that person. How are they able to smile? How are they able to get up and do what they do every day? I can't imagine that. And it's just having that sense of perspective. You know, I tell my wife when our kids act up, and trust me, with five kids, it sometimes is unbearable. I say, but how lucky are we to have five bratty kids at times? How many people that have lost a kid or couldn't have a kid would give anything to have five bratty kids? And that's what life to me is always about is just, it's all about perspective. I'm trying to think about things could always be worse. And look at there's people that are not only surviving, but they're thriving. So if they can do it, why can't you? Um, you know, for me at eight, it was hard. I'm not going to tell you it was easy, but it was my faith that got me through that, right? It's having that hope and that encouragement that, look, God would never give me something that I couldn't handle. That doesn't mean it automatically goes away. You know, for me, it took five, 10, and even 15 years sometimes to see some improvements. But I can also tell you, for me, sports was a great outlet. It was a way for me to have some sense of normalcy. As you can imagine, when I went back to school, you know, people could see all the scars. They treated me differently. Now I'm one of those people, like, I never wanted to hand out. I didn't want you to treat me like kids' gloves. So when I was able to play football seven months after getting out of the hospital, I can tell you without a doubt, I absolutely was the worst kid on the field. But for those 60 minutes on Saturday, I felt like a normal kid. I loved it when I got my bell rang because you know what? Nobody took sympathy on me. I was just like every other kid out there. I didn't want you to help me, you know? And that's kind of what got me through life is not asking for handouts. Like I take more pride in doing things for myself. But it's also just knowing that the things that we savor and cherish in life are the things that we work the hardest for. I mean, think about like how many of us if people were to say how challenging it would truly be to raise kids, you'd never have kids. You really wouldn't. Those sleepless nights, you're like, is this ever going to end? Then as they start getting older, you're like, oh, my God, what an amazing blessing, right? 
we not only cherish that, but we want to have more kids. We want to experience those sleepless nights and all that suffering again. I mean, we've done it five times. It's like somehow you have amnesia. But it's so life-changing It's because of the struggles that went through that. And I think anybody that's played sports will tell you the same thing. Like you're tempted to quit when you're out there on the, the football field or the baseball field. All those practices, are like, why am I doing this? But then when you get to that championship series, you're like, you know what? This is why we did it. And this is what made it worth it, right? You look at the Atlanta Braves this year. When you're talking about a story of hopeless, you know, you lose your star player and it just one after another. But I think that's why the World Series meant so much to the city of Atlanta and the entire state this year because of what they went through to get there. You know, Shay, I've loved listening to all this and how you've bounced back and the incredible things you're doing. You're sitting in a tree house right now that's just amazing. you got so many cool things going on. I've heard so much about you from uh, Coach Dorsey. But how, how did you balance all this? I know Ironman event was your, was your dream and, and training and all those things. How did you balance that with, uh, with your family? Yeah, so let me start. So number one, it's one of those things that I believe God puts people in events in our life that can really change everything. But so many times we're so focused on the path that we think we need to be on, we miss it. Um, point being 2008, I'll never forget, I was working downtown Atlanta, big high rise, and every day at lunch I'd go work out. This 65 year old man comes up to me, I'm 35 at the time, and he goes, hey, tough guy. I said, you talking to me? He said, yeah, I'm talking to you. He goes, why don't you come here and do my little boot camp class? Just meet a bunch of ladies. Shouldn't be anything for a guy like you with all your muscles. Now, I preface that by saying I was 40 pounds bigger than what I am now. And trust me, it wasn't all muscle. But I had the big biceps, big chest, right? It's all about how much I could bench press. Ten minutes into this little boot camp class, I'm in tears. These ladies are kicking my butt. This guy loves it. Finally, the last 10 minutes, we get the push-ups, four-count push-ups. And he jumps down beside me, and he's calling out, one, two, three, one, one, two, three, two. I can't keep up. He goes, Eskew, ponytails is kicking your butt. You better pick it up, boy. Now, all I could say was, yes, sir. Now, I went home and told my wife, I just got my butt kicked by a 65-year-old man. So I showed back up for his class the next day. Because again, he pushed all the right buttons. What I didn't know was he was a Marine drill sergeant. He was also one of the original Ironmen from 1978. A year later, we lost him to pancreatic cancer. Right before he passed away, a group of us said, look, we're going to do the next big triathlon to honor you. We don't care the distance. We're going to do it to honor you. I didn't own a bike and never swam. Didn't know how to swim. You know, freestyle. Well, after the race, I thought, man, this is amazing. Imagine if I knew what I was doing. So I signed up for the full Ironman. 42 races later, it's a completely different lifestyle. All because this one man approached me in the locker room and said, hey, tough guy, will not you come? I could have easily said no, right? I think so many times in life, we're approached with something that could change our entire life trajectory. But we just say no, because that's not what we had planned today. Um, and so for me, that's what it's been about. Like when something happens, 
I tried to ignore my gut instinct. I'm always looking for ways to say yes, right? Like Andy, you talked about going to Israel. You know, I made a pledge six years ago. I wanted to race Ironman all six continents. And I'm going to tell you, in the middle of a pandemic, that's tough. Well, I signed up for Israel because it was the only race I could do and not miss any of my kids' events. Well, when I signed up, I didn't realize they weren't even allowing tourists in the country. Well, four days before I had to leave, they changed the ruling for the entire country to allow tourists. Are you kidding me? Like, how does this happen? That this isn't a God thing where they changed the entire country requirements allowing tourists to enter, right? I mean, how does this stuff just happen? But I believe it's because you put yourself out there and you're willing to accept things. Um, but as far as squeezing in, number one, like I'm a big believer, you all, all of us, you have to be selfish for some part of your life. And if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else will. Like if you're somebody that's struggling with your weight, you know, I've always had the narrative, what do I tell my kids? How do I preach to my kids the importance of working out, training, taking care of yourself if I'm not living by example? Right? Kids mirror what their parents do. I get up at 4.30 every morning. When my kids get up and they see that dad's been working out for an hour and a half in the basement before they get up, I don't have to tell them what to do. They think it's natural that people do this every single morning. When we're on vacation, I work out. Um, and so it's, to me, it's just mirroring healthy lifestyle. But you find a way to do it. But it comes with a sacrifice. You know, you can't train for an Ironman and be able to go hang out with the boys and watch Monday Night Football at a pub. I don't do that. I don't watch TV. The only TV I watch is when I'm exercising downstairs in the pain cave. But that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. But Ryan, equally important is also knowing what you're not willing to sacrifice. I'm not willing to sacrifice time away from my wife and kids, right? There's only so much time I've got with them. So when somebody says, hey, Shay, do you want to do this? First thing is, is this going to take away time I need to spend with my wife and kids? If the answer is yes, sorry, I'm not interested, right? But I assure you, it's all doable. You know, people always say, well, Shay, I'm busy. I was like, dude, look, I feel you. I can tell you with five kids, I travel for work. I get it. But I can also introduce you to 20 of my friends who are equally as busy, if not more busy than I am. I've got a 71-year-old friend who's still competing. He just did his 100th marathon last week in Athens, Greece. He's 71. It's amazing, right? I mean, this same guy called me two years ago. He said, Shay, I'd like for you to join us. We're going to run across the Grand Canyon, south rim, the north rim, and back. It's going to be 50-plus miles, 20,000 feet of elevation gain. We're going to do it at the end of July. It's going to be at least 112 degrees. It will be absolutely miserable. Are you in? I said, heck yeah, I'm in, Jack. My wife goes, are you crazy? Why would you say yes to that? I said, why wouldn't you? like to spend that kind of quality time with 15 high achievers in life, the bonding experience, right? And that's what life's all about. When people approach you, these kind of things, figure out how do I say yes, as opposed to how do I say no?
And, and that's so good. And you, and you hit on it a little bit. You know, you talk about the Holy Land and, and Jerusalem and the Iron Man and Israel. Talk, talk a little bit about the spiritual experience that you that took place there. You know, to me, it's a big piece. Like, I truly believe through suffering, we really come to know Christ. And it's in those moments when we're hurting our deepest that I think our faith can be the strongest. And I can tell you, like, before every race, if you were to see me, you'll see me praying and crying. Because you think about how lucky am I to be able to do the things that I do. Like, I know the pain that I experience in these races. I mean, sometimes I'm urinating blood before I even start the marathon. Like, how lucky am I to be able to go through this, to experience that, to be able to experience what the body can physically do? This last race, we swam in the Sea of Galilee. As I'm sitting there swimming, and I'm not a good swimmer. I'm swallowing water. I mean, it was a struggle. The conditions were bad. Hundreds of people had to be rescued. And all I could keep thinking about, oh my gosh, like this is where Jesus walked on water. This is where they cast out those nets. I was like, man, I'm so lucky. You know, other people are struggling, wondering if they're going to die. And I'm like, God, to be able to experience this, and this is amazing. Like, why would you not do this to have this kind of encounter? And the same thing on the bike and the run. And so I just always try to put things in perspective that when I'm suffering, when my legs are hurting, somebody without legs would give anything to feel the pain I'm feeling. You know, uh, just like before every surgery, I've got to have a big one here in January. But before every surgery, you'll find me working out in the hospital room. Because I tell myself, if I can't do what I can do now after the surgery, I'm okay with it. Because I made use of every minute I was given. No regrets. And how many people in life, they're always putting stuff off. Well, I'm going to do this when I get this age or when this happens at work. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Those times may never come. Do it now. And I assure you, other opportunities will continue to come your way. When I was thinking about this podcast and having you on here, you know, I was thinking, what is, what is that one word? You know, if I want to relate and just one word, tell people about Shay Eskew, the, the word that came to my mind is, is perseverance, you know, and, and just simply the definition is just to continue the course and that course of action, even when we face difficulties. And so every step along the way, you know, you, you, you meet those obstacles um, you smile at them, you know, and it's kind of like the old saying, when a dog comes running at you, whistle for them, you know, that you just take it on with a, right. with a good spirit, with a good heart, and, and you just accept every challenge that's, that's ever come at you. Um, so, how, you know, and, and we've talked about a bunch of them, but, you know, how does this relate just overall, just globally, how does this relate, um, you know, to your personal obstacles and, you know, and becoming this world-class athlete and, and what's next for Shay Askew. I know I'm, you talked about uh, you got to have surgery in January and, and I know that, you know, may prohibit you from competing at this level ever again. It may not, but you know, what, what's next for you? Yeah. So, I mean, number one, it's, when you talked about perseverance. To me, it's one of those, I think because of what I went through, I rise the sports that require all that effort, last man standing highest pain threshold wins. Those were the sports that attracted me. 
right? If it's a skill about natural ability, golf, tennis, baseball, that's not me. But if it's a sport about just how much can you take and how long can you take it, those are sports I gravitated towards. And that's what life's about. It's not about who's the fastest. It's who slows down the least. You know, and that's what you realize in life. There's so many people that are great coming out of the gate. They sprint that first mile. But when you get to mile 26 and beyond, they're done. And I think that's what the approach should be in life. It's I will always commit to getting across that finish line. And I think so many people question, can they do it? Um, you know, I've been in several races. Like one of them, I had to run six miles barefoot pushing my bike. It was absolutely miserable. But when I crossed that finish line, it was the worst finish I've ever had, fourth from last in the world championships. I thought I was going to be top 10, fourth from last. But I took more pride in that finish because I knew I would do whatever it took to get across the finish line. And that's the secret of life. Like when you know you will do whatever it takes and that you're not going to quit, life's pretty easy because other people question themselves. When things get hard, they think, I can't do this. For me, I get excited. I was like, man, this is perfect for me. We're going to weed out the competition. The people that are more gifted, they're not used to adversity. They give up when things get hard, right? And I think you see that play out in sports all the time. When the elements change and it's really muddy or it's snowing, there's a whole different player that surfaces and becomes the most valuable player. Uh, when you talk about what's next, you know, the surgery I got in January, it's a pretty big deal. They're taking a big section out of my back, blood vessels and everything. They're going to cut my neck and sew it in. Uh, the contractures have gotten so bad in my neck. Every day I have headaches. My neck's killed me. Got arthritis in my neck. Losing my hearing when I turn my head. Uh, it's probably a two-month rehab, you know, because they got to go in and sew in these blood vessels together to hope the skin graft works. But I'm already signed up for the World Championship Ironman event that they're going to have in St. George, Utah in October. I've committed to uh, a Navy SEAL. I would do seven marathons, seven continents in seven days with him in January 23. So we got some pretty big things out there. I'm not going to let this slow me down. Um, and I think it'll be a good experience for me too, mentally, right? Just to harden up and say, all right, how do I use this time to get mentally tougher? And I think that's one of the things that so many of us need to focus on. Like, Sadly, in life, we spend a lot of time trying to remove hardships in our life. What if we spent time trying to inject them into our life? What would that look like? You know, if you practiced on being hard, hey, it's cold outside. I'm going to go run outside because it's 10 degrees. I want to feel that pain. So that way, when I experience it for real, I'm used to it. I don't shy away from it. Uh, like here years ago, it was 107 degrees. Hottest day on record in Nashville. I put on thermals, gloves, and a toboggan and did a one-hour run in it. I can tell you it was absolutely miserable. I almost didn't make it home. But I just wanted to know, hey, I intentionally put myself into that so that I know mentally I can handle whatever challenges life throws our way. And, and Shay, when you, when you speak on hardships and obstacles and, and all those things that are just uh, unbelievable about you, what advice, you know, my family's been through some stuff. All families have been through some 
some stuff. What advice would you give people who have uh, maybe a hearing impairment or a physical, something that's a little abnormal? What advice would you give them? You know, I think one is say, all right, this event is not going to define who we are. Like, how do we want to be known? Do we want to be known as the family that takes hardship and turns it into opportunity? Are we going to use this to help others get through that? So figure out, like, what do you want your platform to be and start? Don't wait till things are better. Like, I can tell you, my little Stella, who's seven, when she was two, we almost lost her. She had a complex febrile seizure, was seizing for over an hour straight. I was convinced she had brain damage. When you see this little lifeless body seizing for an hour straight. And I remember following the ambulance to Vanderbilt. As soon as we walked into the ER, and again, I kept praying for God the whole way, saying, look, whatever this is, give me the strength to handle this. I didn't say take it away. I said, give me the strength to handle this. As soon as we walked in the door, the attending doctor walks up. And he goes, hey, I just want you to know your daughter's been getting oxygen the whole time. She's not going to have brain damage. Like, how did he know as soon as we walked in, that was the biggest thing weighing on my chest? After that, I said, you know what? We got this. We spent eight days in PICU. I remember exercising, doing sit-ups and planks next to my daughter, who was an induced coma. I had to keep myself mentally strong and I'd go for a run when my wife would come relieve me for an hour and as I was running I kept saying look every step I'm taking I'm I'm breathing life into her you know it's amazing that spiritual element I felt praying as I was running I truly felt like I was pumping energy and life back into my daughter but it's just trying to like how can you use this to make your life better you know and it doesn't have to be perfect it's like how can I make it better is that, hey, I'm going to make a change in my personal life. I'm going to use this to say, I'm going to reclaim my health. Or I'm going to use it to help somebody else get through a hardship. But turn this hardship into a way to improve life for either you or somebody else. And you will start seeing that situation as something completely different. It's not something that impaired you or disabled you. It empowered you. It empowered you to take the shackles off and say, you know what? I'm not making excuses. I'm not letting this hold me back. I'm going to use this as a platform to do something bigger and better. I think one of the, you know, earlier you mentioned, um, you know, embracing your physical disability um, with humility, but more importantly, with some humor. Um, so you talked about, you know, you, you dealt with it as a, as a young child and saying, okay, well, if they're going to, say I look like Freddy Krueger, then I'm just going to uh, own it and tell people I am Freddy Krueger. Um, I, I do get tickled sometimes when I see some of your social media posts and, um, you know, I'll see you on an airplane and uh, you'll have your prosthetic ear sitting on the drink tray, you know, and, and trying to catch people's reactions. So, um, you know, just real briefly, talk to, talk to us about that a little bit more and just, you know, the importance of being able to do that and, and so much say, hey, I recognize, you know, what my disabilities are and, and, uh, and I'm going to put them out there for the world to see. And I think if you do that, in my opinion, then it, it's hard for people to, um, you know, to, to beat you down and, and to talk bad about you when, you know, when you just say, Hey, I recognize it. Here it is. And, um, and, you know, it's really tough for people to say anything negative to you after that point. Yeah. I, I you know, 
and I don't know if your crew, your viewing audience has ever seen the movie Eight Mile Eminem, but it's one of those things like when you come out and tell everybody, look, here's everything wrong with me. Yeah. Hey, I'm short. I'm slow. I can't jump. I've got scars on all my body. What are you going to tell me that's going to possibly make me feel any different than what I feel right now? Hey, I'm okay with that. Right. But let me show you all the awesome things I'm going to do. And I think that strength shocks people and it makes them jealous because they're like, wait a minute, I'm tall and fast and I'm still insecure about myself. And yet here you are opposite of all these things, right? Like everything about you would say you wouldn't be a good athlete, but yet you still are. They're jealous of that. And I think that's what we got to do is kind of project that strength and let people know. I mean, and it's not just projecting it, but you really believe it, right? Like, I think that was one of the hardest things for me as a kid is coming to the terms that I'm worthy of being loved. I'm not going to let you tell me that I shouldn't be loved, that I shouldn't have a beautiful wife, that I shouldn't have kids. That took me a long time to get through that because, you know, one of the things I've realized is we judge ourselves harsher than most people have ever judges, right? Like that little pimple we have on our forehead, it drives us crazy or, my daughter messing with her ponytail that nobody would ever notice one hair sticking out of. And you start realizing like, you know, life's pretty short. Why do we have to be serious all the time? And I found, man, the more that we just kind of accept who we are and self-deprecation, people love that. They want to be around you because they wish they could be that accepting of themselves. And it takes a lot of strength to get to that point but it's truly within all of us, right? Um, I think the people that are always out there beating their chest, telling you how great they are, it's usually because they have some self-confidence issues themselves. They want you to convince them they're as good as what they're telling you. Yeah, well, um, in, in closing, Shay, I, I, I do want to take a moment to let you, um, you know, discuss your, you know, I know you have a, a book out there, What the Fire Ignited. And uh, I think it's something that I think our audience would, would love to read and, and love to figure out a way to get their hands on it. You're also a motivational speaker and, and uh, it truly is amazing just to listen to all the things that you accomplish on a day-to-day -day basis and throughout your life. And, and um, so, uh, you know, just how, how can our listeners reach you? Yes, the easiest way, uh, you can go to my website, shayshayskew.com. You can email inspire at shayesky.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Shay, letter S, letter Q. Would love to speak to your company, your organization, because I think right now we all need some motivation, a reminder that, hey, tough times don't last, but tough people do, right? We're all going to look back on this in a year or two now and say, hey, that COVID was pretty bad. Isn't it amazing what we're able to do despite all that? And that's what I keep reminding people is, adversity is just an opportunity for growth but it's all in the mindset that you approach looking at if you're one of those that keeps saying hey poor me life's hard well guess what your brain is going to phrase everything that way that you see in life whereas if you're the type of person man this is a blessing look at all these opportunities i'm going to grow i'm going to do amazing things well guess what your brain is going to reinforce that perception it's going to present things. Hey, look at this opportunity. You can travel abroad. You can compete in this event. You can start a new business, a new job. 
and that's what most people realize is like your brain is pre-wired with a filter to bring you more of what you want as opposed to what you don't want. So if you can start training your brain, hey, here's the things that I want. I want it, like for me, it was reading books on adversity because I wanted my brain to say, hey, look, every time you see a situation that involves hardships, I want my de facto response to be, there's an opportunity. Look how this person was successful because of this hardship. Your brain will start bringing you more of those kind of daily occurrences as opposed to blocking them out. Whereas if you're the type of person that look, these hardships are going to lead to you being out of work and getting divorced. Well, guess what? Your brain's going to reinforce that belief. It's going to take all these daily encounters. Say, look, life's hard. You need to give up now. Trust me, the media does that. But we control that. We have the ability to put the right filter in our brain and say, this is the type of life that I want to lead. So I just leave people with that. Take control of that, win that mental game, and just always commit to running one more mile. That was really good, Chad. I can't, as soon as we get off this, uh, this show here, I'm going to text my wife and say, uh, please get letting the fire ignite you for, uh, for Christmas for me. So I'm excited to, to dive in. What an example you've been for us. Well, thank you. Enjoyed sharing with your audience here today. Well, thanks. Well, that wraps up this edition of Worth It Podcast with, with Shay Eskew. And again, um, the, the whole purpose of this is to raise awareness for the hearing impaired, um, while also uh, reaching out to, to leaders, not only across the Baldwin County School District, but the state of Georgia and, you know, and hopefully worldwide. So again, stay tuned. And thank you again, Shay, for everything. And it was truly a blessing to have you on today. My pleasure. If you enjoyed our episode, please share with a friend or family member. And please don't forget to go to tinyurl.com slash worthitpodcast. That's tinyurl.com slash worthitpodcast to donate today. You know, Andy Stanley said, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Today, you can make a difference and give and help a child in need of much needed hearing aids. Thanks for considering. Have a great day.